0: think the hesitancy, I think, and it's even a struggle for me. One of the things you kind of have to give up with that model is a little bit of control. Um, It's like, well, what if they, you know, how do I keep them accountable? And accountability is important. And and that's where the relationship I think comes in. But yeah, you're not going to know how every dime is spent. It's a different mindset. It's a Latin American mindset or East Asian mindset. So things are going to look differently and so you are giving up some control
1: welcome to the missions pastor podcast presented by one child one child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential we believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse, I am your host for today's conversation with Brent Altman. Brent is the director of missions at Grace Family Church in Tampa, Florida. Grace Family Church's mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And when it comes to outreach, it's always about working through the local church. I asked Brent why that's so important to Grace Family.
0: Well, um, you know, we simply put, we believe the local church is the hope of the world. Um, and so anything we're doing should happen through the local church. we should be making that local church the hero. Um, those pastors, those leaders, those members, they're going to be the hero of helping their community, helping the people that they know and see every day. Um, we're not going to just swoop in kind of <laughs> the great white hope coming in and tell people, <laughs> right? So this is how, this is how this should be done. This is how this should be done. Cause frankly, we don't know. Um, there's certain things as the North American church that, We might have we we might have resources we might have expertise in certain areas, but we just don't know what it's like for a Nicaraguan pastor in rural Nicaragua to uh, be a leader in his community where there's malnutrition and teen pregnancy and whatever the case may be. So I feel like it's really the only answer is to work through the local church. Now, as far as government organizations or or a private company that's also you know there's resources there there's ways that we can collaborate with them and i think that should be the case but at the end of the day it as christians it's the local church it's the body of christ that um is in a place and working with the people around in their community so
1: so uh that it hasn't been traditionally the way that um sort of the western american Christian uh, community has functioned when it comes to missions. You talk about like the idea of being heroes and and uh, you know the idea of Americans swooping in with all of the answers. Why do you feel like? that's been traditionally the way that we think
0: that's a great question you know what I think it's changing it really is changing since the megachurch how long has the megachurch been around right so Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. from what I understood what I understand and in in my study of missiology you know you had smaller churches and people that would stand up and say I feel called to be to go to this place and everyone would kind of get what they had in their pockets and give towards that person and pray for them. And it was, I think a beautiful thing, um, supporting a North American that's called to name the country in Africa or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not even saying that that's complete, completely outdated. There are places in the world where there Mm -hmm. is no local church, right? Um, you you think of a lot of the Islamic countries where there is no local Christian church and there still is a need for that very, very bold person. That's basically all in. Cause that's a, that's kind of a, that's an all in kind of decision and commitment Mm -hmm. to go and learn a language like that, be in a country where the, the persecution is quite strong and try and start a local church. So, um, that's not, I would never want to discourage or say that that's not needed. But if you look mm-hmm. at, let's say Latin America, it's, it's very evangelized. There's churches everywhere. Mm-hmm. And why are we going to send someone to, um, and again, we all have friends that have done this. We all know people that have <laughs> done this, but it's, it's a hard thing for me to say, but like, you know, send a family of four that has to, have a Western lifestyle, North American lifestyle. So that's going to cost more. They still have to Mm -hmm. learn the language. They have to learn the customs and the culture. And they're still not going to quite be, uh, uh, in the same example I was giving Nicaraguan, they're not going to know Nicaraguans the way Mm -hmm. a Nicaraguan will. So Mm -hmm. now we're kind of getting into indigenous versus kind of North American missionaries. But, uh, you know, it's, I just don't think it's the most effective way for, um, for us to evangelize
1: it's definitely um, something that is becoming more and more understood when it comes to the way that we uh here in america specifically think when it comes to missions um, but at the same time it's it's a simpler process i think for us to wrap our heads around someone here in our own church feels a call for Uh, Country A, and they love the people in Country A, and they can raise support here in the United States, and they can go over to Country A and be a ministry of our church, a missionary from our church, and work in that country. It's easier for us to wrap our heads around that. It's harder for us to build a missions ministry within the local church around the idea of those local Christian leaders and those local churches being the how, how do we serve them in that model so so my question would be then how does grace families global work how does this type of mindset and approach how does it make your work uh, effective uh, as you serve in these countries
0: yeah and i want to answer that and just but I, to the first thing you're saying half of the people listening to this i think will be from churches that are sending churches right and i i don't want to exclude right, absolutely. and i don't want to exclude them and i do completely see the value in that and I think it is um just kind of two different philosophies. But the way we you know the way we support local churches and and, and do that. So yeah, it's a lot of it is financial. A lot of it is resources. Um, but that all comes after plenty of relationship. Um, there's a, a vetting process that we go through. But we're able to help support them with resources. We're able to send teams um, and that's a whole nother discussion on the usefulness of teams, but we try and have smart mm-hmm. missions teams that are going down there um, not to be a burden uh, though that can happen, but to really bring encouragement, to bring ideas, to, to bring um, energy. A lot of times they're in there day in, day out. And the truth is when a North American team comes in, you know, they, they see the sacrifice. Like these people took time off work. These people, had to pay some sort of money to come just to be with us for this week. And so I think that goes a long way. Um, mm. And, and so that's one, that's one way that we support the local churches. Um, if we have curriculum that's useful, um, we we'll, we're able to pass that on to them for them to translate. Um, I've had, I've connected one of our guys with our video guy. He was trying to have a better presence in social media. And so that was like, hey, well, we're pretty good at that. Let me let me connect you. And so I was able to facilitate a conversation with uh, a pastor we support in Nepal, and that during COVID was just trying to get better about his online presence. And now he has, he really was getting, he was posting every day and having fifteen thousand kind of views. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible, like more than we get. But just awesome. a few little techno- technological pointers were able to help him out with. And then he's running with it. So, um, those are examples that come to mind. And I think, I think the hesitancy, I think, and it's even a struggle for me. One of the things you kind of have to give up with that model is a little bit of control. Um, mm. it's like, well, what if they, you know, how do I keep them accountable? And accountability is important. And, and that's where the relationship, I think, comes in. But yeah, you're not going to know. How every dime is spent—it's a different mindset. It's a Latin American mindset or East Asian mindset. So it's, things are going to look differently, and so you are giving up some control. So you know the other—the other thing that some of the local churches we support are directly like there is no kind of parachurch mm-hmm. intermediary. There's you know it's a, a relationship that um, we kind of had through a parachurch, but the relate, but the support is direct. Um, but then there are other cases in which we work with organizations, uh, that work through the local church. And so we're just careful about, you know, finding organizations where that is the case. And I believe even with you guys, like with the sponsorship, you know, you're bringing the local churches into the picture. You're not just there finding children on the street, sponsoring them. I imagine there's some kind of correlation with the local church. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everything that we do is we believe the Great Commission was given to the local Mm -hmm. church, not to parachurch organizations. And so our responsibility as a parachurch ministry is not to come in there and be the solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. We're the one that's coming in there to help support. The solution, which is the local church and uh, they have the message of hope, which is the way we open every one of our episodes, yes. which is we talk about the local church. The church is the hope of the world. Yeah. And so it was great to hear you talk about that's your same passion um, with that. What's been some of the, the most surprising things that you've seen? Um, as you've been been a missions pastor in in your global mer- ministry as you guys have been very intentional about uh, working through the local churches and ministries what are things that have happened that have surprised you as a result of it
0: well we we work with a partner in in pakistan and it's a network of it's about 50 pastors and and <laughs> That's a lot when you think about Pakistan, which is 1% Christian. And these church these are small. These are house churches. These are very small, especially in the north. It's they called the KPK region, and it's the persecution. The blasphemy laws are really, really tough. Um, but it's amazing when the local church, because a lot of times they're just trying to help the community they're in, Christians and non-Christians, and that means a lot of uh, Muslims and some Hindu but mm-hmm. where they've, the local, especially in the northern border, when everything happened last year with Afghanistan, a lot of people, but mm-hmm. Pakistan saw a lot of those refugees just coming over their northern border. And they were able to go and just bring blankets. We helped them just simple, simple things and, and be the church, right? Like share God's love, Jesus love, which by the way, we all know, the Islam faith knows about Jesus and know who he is. And so mm-hmm. they're just, and these are packed. We could never do that as a North American, but these are Pakistanis that are, they know what the Islam faith is like. And so, but yeah, they're Christians. And so they're able to kind of relate that to them, showed God's love. And then the, and then the Afghans were like, why isn't the other, the government doing this for us? And so it's just such a cool thing to be like the least, the th- the person they would expect the least, a Christian, right, to be able to provide and help for their physical needs, and to answer your question, what is so what's so cool and surprising is seeing those people, those stories, um, that make that very huge decision going from uh, an Islamic faith to Christian faith, and all the risks, all mm-hmm. the dangers, all the things that are associated with that, but seeing that them do that, and then the local church the Pakistani church come around them is uh (laughs) that's just uh that's that's uh what keeps me going that's for sure speaking to that guy every couple weeks and uh just the relationship i have with him and the stories that we get to
1: to hear that's awesome you know i can't imagine that americans going over there and trying to proselytize or evangelize would have nearly as much of impact as pakistanis and afghanis doing that um and sharing about from their own culture because of the yeah. all of the sort of historical and and political baggage associated with uh you know the the past two several decades of you know the the, mm-hmm. the the situation in afghanistan and you're dealing with refugees that have seen so many things um as a result it becomes uh an american christian religion versus yeah. something that's happening locally within their own people um and they experience it um that's really powerful. What, you know, what, what do you guys do beyond just providing, you know, resources to help those churches in those types of environments to be more, to be stronger as they reach out to their own people in their own communities?
0: Well, I think, again, I think I said it, it's a trying to have relationship. I think it goes further than, than we think, like knowing that, There's a church somewhere in North America that's praying for us that cares Mm -hmm. enough. I mean, a lot of, you know, our church as well, a lot of the relationships with their global partners is pretty transactional. And especially if there's this model of all of these partners that are getting a little bit of money, how can you possibly, you know, have a relationship and know what's going on and and encourage them and like have them as a department? I guess you could think of it in as Mm -hmm. your church, like a ministry within your church when it's just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a little bit of money going out there. So, you know, we we were on that model when, when I kind of came on four and a half years ago. And it was uh, just a direction that I, I spoke to executive team and lead pastor about like, hey, I just I feel like this is the direction we should be going. And, you know, credit to them. They were they listened and, and we were able to talk and pray about it and they're like alright let's do it and so we were able to consolidate and really become much more laser focused with our partners and so other than resources what else relationship um, again that's something to be able to hop on a call especially now with technology and everything going every two to three weeks and just get face to face and let them you know how doing ministry is hard enough think about doing it in some of those places and just letting them um, share their burdens, share their God stories, ask them how their family is, um, get a chance to pray with them, and see pictures of them celebrating with their what that looks like— their daughter's birthday, wherever they. Have. You know what I mean? Like, I think that really goes goes a long, long way with the, um, knowing that they have support, they have partnership. Whether they make a request for a special project, we have the relationship to where I I can say no. And it's not like, it's not personal. It's like, hey, we're trying to do X, Y, and Z. It's gonna cost this much. And, you know, because we have that relationship, they're fine to ask it. And it's, I feel okay to say no sometimes. So I think that's kind of rare. Um, And so that's what we're trying to get to that point.
1: When we have deep relationships with partners in local churches around the world, we are able to work through awkward conversations and even disappointments that will inevitably come with those relationships. Brent and Grace Family is learning to navigate these relationships with their local church partners well. We'll continue our conversation with Brent after this brief message from One Child.
2: Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world coming together as one global community to help children thrive we create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world together we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places together we are a community that sees children as solutions not problems a community with the courage to go to the hard places a community that gives so children can thrive together this is us your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org partnership.
1: Brent and Grace family have seen lots of amazing things happen around the world by working through local partners. But I asked him to share a story or two with us about people within Grace Family who have been impacted. Here's what he had to say.
0: Okay, so we have, so back to the question of teams, right? So we send teams to visit our partners to encourage our partners to serve alongside our partners, short-term missions. Um, and, you know, we had a trip where, and a lot of times the people that go on missions trips aren't like fully engaged in the church. You do have some people, but <laughs> you have those people that sign up for a trip and you're like, what do they do? Let me see. And me call this campus pastor, like, And no one really knows them. It's like, why do they want to go on a missions trip? So that's another cool thing is seeing those people just join a trip. And so we were on a trip last year um, in Ecuador. And there's a guy that his wife, I think, dragged him on the trip. And and we were working with children and and (laughs) youth. Yeah. And so part of it is, you know, we're we're playing with the kids. We're doing games. But then we're doing object lessons. We're we're just doing Mm -hmm. these little lessons that we have a chance to speak directly to them. And so we noticed that the teenage guys were just kind of really drawn to him, just kind of a a man's man kind of guy, quiet, but, uh, you know, open. And so we're like, hey, maybe you should do the lesson. Maybe you should just share your story. Talk about just what it was like for you growing up. Tell him a little about your story. And so he did it and he just, through a translator, did a great job. And, and basically on that trip, just realized the gift he has to mentor and to work with young men, like high school age guys. And so when we got back, um, he ended up joining our youth ministry because, um, just volunteering. So they do a kind of a corporate message, but then they have tables that are, that have leaders. And so it's been a year and a half now. And so he's been just loving that on fire, doing a great job, um, leading the guys in our church, in our community. But he discovered that gift, right? He, he found out he had that gift or at least pushed himself because he was on that trip. So yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah. I love seeing that. Um, love love being a part of that.
1: That's awesome. So what, uh, you mentioned that when you, you came to uh, Grace Family, that you realized that it was time for your church, your congregation to shift, to, to make that move from more of the Uh, traditional American approach that's happened historically when it missions to much more working through the local uh, congregations and churches there overseas. And you've led your church through that by, um, as you, as you've done that, I'd be curious if, if what advice you would give to a missions pastor who has come to the realization that that's the direction that their missions ministry needs to go. What advice would you give to that missions pastor looking back at the last four and a half years?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, I would say get do as many things to get around as many other missions director, directors, pastors as you can. That was a huge thing for me. I was fortunate to get connected. But the problem is in the church, you're probably like the only one, right? Or you have maybe one other person. <laughs> and so the team is quite small. So, you know, this podcast, this is great. I didn't know this existed until you told me about it, David. I, I know it's new a month or so ago. Um, there's There are not a lot for like other ministries, but there are resources out there. There's a group. Um, there's a call every month. I was on it two days ago and it was 170 missions directors and um, they do it once a month. Oh, the 410 bridge puts it on. It's called their um, global networking call, I think. And, and the, the topic last time was how do you kind of discontinue a partner? What are some ways you guys walk through that and do that? Mm. So get around people that have, have, uh, are at other churches. It doesn't matter if it's a similar church or not. There's other missions directors and pastors. Um, but you have to have a talk with the leadership. If they have to be on board, a lot of the, you know, if you're going to be eliminating, uh, maybe not the best word, sunsetting (laughs) certain global partners, (laughs) chances are the lead pastor, like has relationship with them or someone high up, kind of had that relationship and it was like, all right, yeah, we can support them. Who knows how many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those mm-hmm. are, you know, relationships. So I would say definitely talk to the, the lead pastor. I think um, explain, he, be well-versed in why that's the direction you think that the church should be going. Cause there's reasons for it and there's reasons against it. Um, so, you know, there's books out there. I think, A lot of people know when helping hurts or helping without hurting. And, Mm -hmm. um, but there's really a lot of, there are some books out there and, um, pray about it and and talk to the leadership, um, and have a plan. It's like, Hey, these these are the people that I'm not sure about, but this is what we're going to do. And if we decide that they're no longer kind of the direction, our vision, we're still going to give them, we're going to tell them, Hey, in six months or in a year, you know, don't just pull the carpet out from under them, but there has to be some kind of mm-hmm. plan in place. Like why you're and, and be clear about the direction you're going. Another big thing is to have, uh, you know, we use a document to vet potential partners, but also to continue to um, understand what our global partners are doing. And so having some kind of pointed document in writing that you can ask those questions like hey how are you partnering with the local church and um what is the way you're empowering I, whatever questions you 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 want to put on there that's important to you but have that so and give them a chance to respond and then you can talk through it with them um but yeah it's it's a <laughs> it's 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 a tough thing to talk to people that have been supported for a long time and just say hey this is what we're doing but if I can just I just want to say one more thing on that we've had to cut uh, probably mm. we I think 16 partners that we kind of have sunsetted if you will and I would say out of all of those only two of them kind of gave us a hard time just kind of didn't understand we're a little bit frustrated and, and we did our best to work with them but the rest were just like hey you know what We get it. We're so thankful for just all your support over the years. And that blew me away. Maybe just want to like continue to to work with them, but you know, but, and then at the end of the day, if that this is the way God is the vision God's given you, and this is the direction he's told you to go, you're going to, you're going to have peace and you're going to see like, wow, these funds that I've pulled from there. Look at what we're able to do now. Like, Say no to, to the good thing so you can say yes to the best thing, you know, it's just it's a great feeling. So
1: working directly through local church partners in global missions is much more complicated and messy than sending a regular check to a missionary or a ministry. Here are three nuggets of wisdom Brent shared on today's episode. First, these relationships take time, but they're well worth it. When you partner with local churches to support and strengthen the work they're doing in their own context, great things happen. Second. These partnerships require you to let go of some control, and this isn't easy for any of us to do, but we can't expect these local church partners to be effective if we're micromanaging them every step of the way. And finally, take time to find other missions pastors and churches who are seeking to work through local churches and then learn from them. The greatest teacher is someone else's experience. I want to thank Brent for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Grace Family Church, go to gfcflorida.com. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope, and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.